Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this firm foundation that is ours because of what you have done for us through sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us from sin and death. And Lord, we praise you that your work did not end there, but that you continue to strengthen us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you would fill us right now with your Spirit. Strengthen us in our inner beings that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Lord, we come before you right now and we say we want what you want. Please have your way in our time here, in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're doing this sermon series here entitled Words to Live By. Again, it is a sermon series in which we're walking through my top ten favorite verses in the Bible. Um, But again, I hope it's not just about me. I hope it's about God and his word. Um, But but one other thing I've hoped, too, is that this would be a sermon series that would remind all of us to treasure Scripture. And I've I've given you all the challenge, and many of you have done this already, and I want to just give the challenge again for those of you that haven't, to send me your list of favorite verses. And again, it doesn't have to be a top ten list. It can be a a top three list. Um, Some of you have sent, I think, 21 is the record so far. Um, It's a which is fine. You know, I had 139 on my first list. So, uh, but I just want to encourage you to be thinking about what are your favorite verses, these verses um, that, that God has shown to you at various times in your life that have stood out to you, that have really touched your heart deeply. I'd be encouraged to see them and to share them with the congregation as well. Now, a lot of the verses in my top ten list have to do with the ideas of coming to know Christ and continuing to walk in him. I've noticed that as a theme in my verses. It comes out clearly in my favorite verse, which we've looked at earlier, Colossians 2, 6. says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. I, I love this idea that, that God rescues us out of the old way of life and brings us into a new way of life. We talked about that at communion as well. It's this idea that, that we all were on the wrong path due to our sin. Every single one of us was a sinner. We all needed to be forgiven. We could not rescue ourselves But through Jesus Christ, through what he did on the cross and and raising from the dead, through faith in him, we can enter into a relationship with God. So what's great, what happens in that moment, there's so much that happens in that moment. In fact, I've been thinking about doing a a sermon just on what happens the moment you receive Jesus Christ. There's so much that happens right there. But then also what we see is that what, what happens in that moment is meant to prepare us for the rest of our lives. That, that there's this new life that God calls us to live. We have this new life in which we are not to live for our old sinful desires. This new life in which we are not to conform to the pattern of this world. We talked about that last Sunday in Romans 12, 1 and 2. That this new life in, we just, in which we don't just live for ourselves, but that we live for God and the things that he has for us. Now, in this new life, God has a really high standard for us. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? Uh, I'm, I'm so encouraged, actually, by it. It might seem kind of strange, but I'm so encouraged that God has a high standard for us, that he doesn't look at how bad of a job we do and then lower his standard. His standard remains high. Let me just walk you through a few verses in the Bible that talk about how high this standard is. In 1 Peter 1.16, God says, Be holy, because I am holy. Similarly, Jesus said in Matthew 5.48, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay? How are we doing so far on that? How are we doing at living perfect, holy lives? 
Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but it is a lot easier for me to love myself than it is to love my neighbor sometimes. And I tend to do a better job at loving me than loving others. Or here's another one. Jesus said, do not worry about your life. And then there's one more I want to show you. And this one actually made my honorable mention list. I have my top ten verses. I also have a list of five honorable mention verses. This is one on the list. Philippians 2.5 says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What that means is that we are supposed to walk around this life, the, the life that God leads us into. We're supposed to walk around this life with the attitude, with the mindset that Jesus had as he walked around. Now, remember, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. Everything he did, he did perfectly. And we are supposed to walk around with his attitude. Now, have you ever been asked to do something that you couldn't do? Um, have you ever been, maybe it's a homework assignment. Kids, did you have any of those? Your teacher gave you the homework assignment and you're just like, whoa, this is over my head. I don't know how to do this. Or, or maybe uh, you've been asked to do something physically that you're just unable to do. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to do that, but I just know I'm not strong enough to do it or I don't have the endurance to do that. Have you ever been asked to do something that you just couldn't do? I have an illustration that I like to use in this. I'm not going to use the, the full story. I've used it here before, so some of you will remember it. But uh, the short story of it goes like this. I want you to picture yourself buying a desk, one of those desks that comes in a box, and you have to assemble it. And you, you get all the pieces out, and you start putting it together, and you have to screw a bunch of screws together in it. And you've got your hand screwdriver, and you start to screw that very first one, and you just, it's just really tight, and you really have to strain to get it in. And uh, you pick up the second screw, and you're hoping that that second one is going to be a lot easier, but you, the same thing. You, you start to screw that, and it's just really tight and really hard to do. And same with the third one. And after the third one, you start to think to yourself, man, my forearm is already starting to throb. And you start to count how many other screws are there, and it's like 48 more screws. And you start to think to yourself, I don't think I can do this on my own. Now, contrast that with the idea of using a power screwdriver, just how much easier it would be to do that job. Now, the reason I tell that story and the reason I've been starting off by the sermon by talking about the high standard that God has for us is because I want you to see that the life that God calls us to live is a life that we do not have the power to live on our own. We do not have the power on our own. I'm, I'm re repeating myself here on purpose. We do not have the power on our own to live the life that God has called us to live. Fortunately, we are not left on our own. You see, God has a plan to strengthen us to live the lives that he has called us to live. And it has a whole lot to do with the Holy Spirit. So that's the theme of our sermon today, is the Holy Spirit. Two of my top ten favorite verses have to do with the Holy Spirit. So I, I can hope you see, just even in that alone, how important to me the Holy Spirit is and how important it is that, that we would understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, if you're following your church calendar, how many of you uh, are, are following your church calendar? Raise your hand. Anybody know what today is in the church calendar? Pentecost. It's Pentecost. Yes, good. All right. So remember what happened at Pentecost back in Acts 2? Well, we'll back up the story just a little bit. Jesus had already uh, been risen from the dead, and he told his followers that, that he was going to be leaving them, going up to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. But before he left, he told his followers to wait for what was coming so that they would be strengthened to do the task that God had called them to do. So it happened then. Jesus 
ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. The disciples were obedient. They were waiting for what came. And in Acts 2, that's the story of, of Pentecost. It was the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came and empowered them to do the job that, that Jesus had told them to do. Remember, Jesus had told them to make disciples of all nations, and it, isn't it kind of strange then that he told them to wait in Jerusalem? How are they going get, to get to the nations if they're going to wait in Jerusalem? Well, because it was in Jerusalem that they would receive the Holy Spirit. And then they would be empowered to go to the nations. And we see it right away in Acts 2. Peter, in the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaimed the gospel message. And it says about 3,000 people came to know Christ that day. Pretty powerful stuff that happened the very first day the Holy Spirit was sent on those believers. Now, for those first disciples of Jesus, they had to wait for the Holy Spirit. But for us, we live in a time when Jesus is already sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's already poured out his Spirit on his followers. So for us, when we receive Jesus, we also receive the Holy Spirit. It's, again, one of those things that happens the moment we receive Jesus. And I don't have time to get into all of that today, although I I might get into it in a few weeks in in a sermon uh, that's brewing in my mind right now. Um, Let me just show you, uh, and you can flip here if you want. I don't have it up on the screen. But if you want to flip to Titus 3, kind of around verses 5 through 8, there's this wonderful section of scripture that talks about all that, uh, not all, but talks about many of the things that happen to us when we are saved. It talks about the washing, rebirth, renewal, and pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So when we receive Jesus, we also receive the Holy Spirit. But, and this is very important, Just because we received the Holy Spirit doesn't automatically mean that we are following the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? It's the gift of God that we would receive Jesus. It's the gift of God that we would receive the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that we automatically follow the Holy Spirit the way that we should. That's why I think it's so important for us to understand what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us and and how we follow, how we obey. Again, that's why two of my top ten favorite verses have to do with the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. And by the way, I have a lot more that I could say on this topic than what I can fit into one sermon. In fact, if you remember, just last fall, we did a nine-week sermon series on the Holy Spirit. So this is, this is a huge topic, and we're just going to scratch some parts of it today. Uh, but actually, it's really encouraging for me to think that God can do whatever he wants to in our hearts right now. So I, I kind of feel like, oh man, I'm only going to say a few things about it, but I'm just so encouraged to know that God can do his work in your heart right now. And, and that's, that's one of my prayers for you as, as we go through this sermon, is that, that your heart would just say, God, I want what you want. In fact, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and that, was, that, that line just stood out to me, God, I want what you want. And I know for some of us, even as we talk about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there might be this sense of, oh, I'm not sure I want to go there. Um, I don't want to see a show of hands on this, but did, did any of you grow up in a church where they just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit? That was kind of my experience, that, um, we, you know, Every once in a while, the name of the Holy Spirit would come up, but it was never explained. So, so for some people, they might say, whoa, whoa, Holy Spirit, that, that's for other people, other Christians. No! The Holy Spirit is for all who believe. So I, I want us to, to take a look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because we will be tempted in this Christian life, even for us who have received Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we are still going to be tempted to live in the wrong direction according to our own ways, according to the the pattern of the sinful nature. Or, I was thinking about it this way as well, we will also be tempted to do the right things, but to do them in our own power. Neither of those is a good option. What, What we should do is trust that God will strengthen us with the Holy Spirit, that we can do the things that he wants us to do.
So we need help. Fortunately, we are not left on our own. So we're going to start today with what I'm calling, here's my top ten list. You can see the ones that we've looked at so far. We're going to look at what I'm calling my second favorite verse in the Bible. And actually, it's a verse and a half this time, but it's Ephesians 3, 16 through 17a. I'll read them for you now. It says, I pray that out of his, so that's God's, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, one of the reasons I love these verses so much is that they're a prayer in which we recognize our need, our need for God's power, our need for Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. And God is so very willing to help us. In fact, this prayer is part of a larger prayer, and we're, I'll just look at it very quickly here, in which there are three huge, huge prayer requests. So the first one is this prayer request that for the strengthening of the power of the Spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. The next prayer request in, through verse 19 says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Do you see what the prayer is there? The prayer is that we would know a love that surpasses knowledge. This, this love is like, whoa, I can't even begin to grasp it, but I know that God loves me. That's, that's what this prayer is about. And then the next request in Ephesians 3, in verse 19, says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, all we're asking here is that we would be filled full like God is full. <laughs> So look at that. These three amazing, amazing requests that Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, knowing the love of Christ, and being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And as if that weren't enough, look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Friends, we serve a God who is ready to bless us. He is ready to pour out such amazing things on us who believe, on us who would ask by faith. So, um, I hope your prayers sound like this. I, I hope you have the boldness to ask for these kinds of things that God has already told you that you can ask for. Now, I could very easily do a three-week sermon series just on these verses here, but again, just for today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at verses 16 through 17 and look at the request that we see there. And in this request, we see in verse 16 that it comes from God's glorious riches. You think about the, the riches of glory that God has, and then you think about him pouring those out, blessing us with those riches. And then it goes on to talk about his strength and his power. There, there's two separate words in this verse that talk about the strength and the power of God with which he wants to bless us. And, and then we see the, the next part about where this power is directed. It's directed and where it comes from. It comes through the Holy Spirit and it happens in our inner being. I'm very encouraged by that. I, I'm very encouraged that, that Christ wants to dwell in our hearts through faith. God wants us to know him. We evangelicals, we talk a lot about Christ in our hearts and, and sometimes you might wonder, well, where does that come from? Well, here would be one of those passages so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's the goal here. And in fact, one of the things I love about this prayer here, uh, there's lots of things I love, but another thing I love is all three members of the Trinity are involved here. We see that it's, the, it's prayed to God the Father and it's His power, but that power comes to us through God the Holy Spirit, and then the goal of this prayer is that God the Son, Jesus Christ, would dwell in our hearts through faith. 
One of the things we talked about in our theology and application group on Tuesday was that we don't separate out the members of the Trinity. They are united. Yes, there are three distinct persons. That's, that's one of the teachings of the Trinity. But they are so united that they are one God. And the goal of, of what we're seeing here in this prayer is that the one God would strengthen us with his power so that Christ may dwell in our hearts, that Christ would live in us. And it happens through the Holy Spirit. So this is all part of God's overarching plan. And it just really helps me to think about the Trinity that way and then to think about the Holy Spirit that way, that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to strengthen us that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. That's the goal. This walking with Christ that we talk so much about, the Holy Spirit, his role is to strengthen us to walk with Christ. So if you ever ask yourself the question, what does the Holy Spirit want me to do? Well, the Holy Spirit wants you to walk with Jesus. And he strengthens you for that. And that's one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just tell us what to do. He does tell us what to do, but he also strengthens us to do what he tells us to do. We are not left on our own. God has given us the Holy Spirit that we might be strengthened for walking with Christ. So what should we do with verses like this? You know, when I preach, I often like to preach through a passage or a verse, and then we get to that point of application. Well, what do you think the application should be for these verses? And don't overthink this. Just in your own mind, you don't have to say it out loud, but in your mind, what do you think should be the application of verses like this? Very simply, we should pray them. God has told us what he is willing to do for us in his prayer. I love that about scripture. That's, that's why I'm such a big fan of praying the prayers of scripture because we know that when we pray by faith, according to his will, he answers us. So we can look at these verses and know that God is willing to strengthen us, that the spirit can empower our inner being that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I hope what you realize, again, one of the things I, I've wanted you to see about this is that we don't have the power on our own to live the lives that God has called us to live, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, we really can walk with Christ. So let's pray that. I pray every day that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not an exaggeration. I pray every day, at least every day, that I'd be, prayed, that I'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I want to pray more than that. Because I recognize, that as I go throughout my day, that there are, there are so many times where if I do it in my own power, it's not going to work. I don't want to do anything, really, in my own power. So I, I, I regularly pray. And, and here's kind of how it works for me. I'm going through my day, and I kind of notice that something's not going the way that I want it to, or that it's, it's too much of me going on. And, and I just want to stop and pray and say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and help me to live the life that you want me to live right now. There's tremendous power, and we have access to it. And look how we have access to it, the very last part of the verses up on the screen, through faith. Through faith. As we believe in, as we trust in God, as we call out to him to do what he has told us that he wants to do in us, he will strengthen us so that Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith. Okay, so that's the, the first verse I wanted to look at. Now we're going to move on. Here's my top ten list again, and we're going to reveal for you which one do you think it's going to be. Anybody want to guess? Is it going to be number four or six or eight? Which one do you think it's going to be? Oh, I'm sorry you don't get the prize. So Anybody else want to guess? Eight, you get it. All right, okay. I'm sorry, family members are ineligible to receive the prize. So, um, Galatians 5. 22 through 23a. Again, I recognize that this is a verse and a half, but it's number eight on my top ten list. 
Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Very familiar verses. In fact, I want you to say them with me, okay? Say them with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I hope that you have those verses memorized. These are so helpful. One of the things I love about these verses is that we look at this list, we just recognize that they are inherently good things. Everybody wants these things, right? Look at that list right now. Is there any single one of them that you don't want? Uh, some people might look at that list and say, oh, I don't know if I want patience. Well, no, that, that's it. There's this, I've heard people, even Christians, say, oh, I'm not sure that I want patience or that I should pray for patience. No, no, no. If you're going to go through something that's difficult, you would do much better going through it with patience than without patience. So everything on this list is such a good thing. Even the people of this world know. And, and you know, there's lots of unkind people in the world, but even they, wanted to be, they want to be treated with kindness. They know it's a good thing. They just don't give it to other people. We know that all nine of these things are very good things, things that we want in our life. Now, we want them, but at the same time, we probably recognize that we don't live every one of these things out the way that we should, right? You see, we were created to have this fruit of the Spirit in our lives, but there's something really interesting about it. We weren't created to be able to produce it on our own. So we all want it, but we don't have the power on our own to bring it about. See, there's these two paths, and, and we want to walk on the path where we have joy and peace and all these wonderful things, but all too often we stray, or we go in the wrong direction. That's, that's what we would do in our own power, is that we wouldn't live out these things that God wants to be present in our lives. So how do we get them? Well, again, here's where I hope you would see, we need help. That's kind of one of the themes of the sermon for today is, today is we need help. And God is so willing to give us that help. So look, right away in the beginning of this verse, where does this fruit come from? It is the fruit of the Spirit, meaning that this is what God provides in us as we walk with Him. He's the one who strengthens us. And, and as we remain in Him, as we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, God produces this fruit of the Spirit in us. Now, let's do a little bit of context work here in Galatians 5. In fact, I want you to open to your Bible, uh, open to Galatians 5 in your Bible if you have it with you. I'm just going to mention, mention some verses, and I don't have them all on the screen up here. Um, in the context of Galatians 5, we're told that there's a war, or a battle, or a conflict going on. It's between the Holy Spirit on one side, and, and the flesh, or the sinful nature, on the other side. And we've all felt this war, right? Every one of us has felt this war of, I know what I should do, but I also know what I want to do. And sometimes those are different, aren't they? We all know that. There's a battle going on inside of us. And it's so easy for us. You look at verse 17, you see this conflict, these, these conflicting desires that go on inside of us. And it's so easy for us to follow the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature. And if you look at verses 19 through 21, it says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and then it goes off and lists a bunch of things that we shouldn't be doing. Yet we look at a list like that and we say, oh man, how many times have I fallen short? Maybe even this past week, how many times have I acted like that? So I want you to think, think back to your week this week. Was there anything that happened this week? And in hindsight, you would say, oh boy, I really shouldn't have responded like that. You know, we all probably don't have to look back too far to the last time when that happened in us. Now why is that? It's because of this battle, this conflict between the Holy Spirit and the sinful nature. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, but it doesn't mean that we automatically follow the Holy Spirit. 
Um, we have the Spirit living in us, but all too often we still act according to the sinful nature. And you look at things like selfish ambition or hatred. Those are things that can easily, easily crop up in us if we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have the power on our own. We've all proven that over and over and over again. But we are not left on our own. And you see, one of the beautiful things about this passage again is that it is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, one other, one other quick thing about the context, and I love this about Galatians 5, this passage specifically, that goes from verse 16 through verse 25. You look, there's, there's bookends, there's these brackets of commands. So it starts with a command in verse 16, live by the Spirit, which could also be translated walk around with the Spirit. So the goal here is that we would be people who are, who are led by and walking with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in verse 18, it talks about uh, how we can be led by the Spirit. So that's, that's the command on one end, and then you look to the other end of the passage, and in verse 25, it says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I've heard that that phrase, keep in step, could be the, used in military uh, context. So the idea is you have a commanding officer who is leading, and the, uh, the soldiers are to keep in step with the commanding officer. So, so that's us, we're, we're like the soldiers, and, and the Holy Spirit is like the commander. He leads us, and we are to keep in step. This is to be the regular pattern of our lives. I, one of the things I really want you to get from this sermon is this understanding that being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't just like a every once in a while, like when something really important comes along. This is meant to be a really an every moment sort of a process where the Holy Spirit who lives in us continually leads us and we are to follow by faith with humility and with submission. Okay, so we keep in step with the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who leads us. And, and you know, um, maybe we get this impression that, like, God has a list of things that he wants us to do. Like, may- maybe every morning, like, God drops a list in our lap. Here you go. Here's the stuff I want you to do. All right, see you tomorrow. I'll give you another list. It's not like that. There, there's all sorts of stuff that God wants us to do, but the Holy Spirit lives in us to strengthen us to do those things so that this walking with the Spirit is meant to be a moment-by-moment process. Okay, um, but let's look at this list a little bit. Um, one of the things that I, I love about the Holy Spirit, and, and this passage in particular, is that we can look at this list of nine things, this fruit of the Spirit, and, and we should be able to look at this list, and if we're walking with Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we should be able to see these things present in us. Although, at the same time, I also recognize how often I have fallen short. And I, and I want to start my walk through this list. And we're not going to look at every single one of these, and I'm not going to like explain every single one. Um, but I just want to start with the first two, and I just want to confess before you how I have fallen short. So the first one is love. Uh, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I just want to confess that there have been far too many times in my life where I have not loved the way that I should have. People around me that I should love, and I have not loved them because I have met that circumstance in my own power. I've been thinking about myself and what I want, so I have not loved the way that I should. Well, then we look at joy. There have been lots of circumstances in my life where I look at what's going on in my life, and I get this woe-is-me sort of attitude, instead of trusting that God will strengthen me for whatever he has for me, and and instead of me trusting in God to, to give me that joy that he will give me. So as we look at this list of nine things, I just want to admit that I have failed many, many times at all of them. And I'm guessing you have too. 
But, but here's some of the really good news in this, is that this fruit of the Spirit is what God can do in us as we follow Him. So we've all figured out how not to do this, but I want you to be encouraged now to recognize that God really can produce all of these in you. And, and some of you might look at yourself and say, well, I'm just not a very peaceful person. I'm always worrying. I'm always on edge. Guess what? God can change you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. He can do it. Now, it takes wisdom on our part. That was one of the things we were talking about in our Tuesday Theology Group. It takes wisdom to figure out. I'll just stay on the word peace. We talked a little bit about that one. It takes wisdom to understand what true peace is. Worldly peace really is just a matter of things going well for you, right? That's the way the world views peace. When everything is good, yep, I have peace. But when things aren't good, what then? Well, in Christ, we can have peace. It says in Philippians 4, we can have a peace that passes understanding. It's like knowing the unknowable love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, we can have this peace that surpasses understanding because God will give it to us even in the midst of chaos. So we need God's definitions of these. We need his wisdom to lead us into these things. But as we're seeking God, he really can give us these things. Now it also takes obedience on our part. For example, if God is leading us to love somebody who is unlovable, in our opinion... Do you know any people like that? Don't, don't answer that question, please. I don't want to hear any names, especially mine. Uh, but God is leading you to love somebody who is hard to love. Don't say to him, I'm sorry, God, you, you, must have, you must have made a mistake. That person can't be loved. No. God can give you his very own love. He can fill you. Remember how we prayed that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? God can fill you with his love so that you can love that person. That's how this works. In obedience, we follow the Spirit wherever he leads and trust that God will give us whatever we need to do whatever he calls us to do. So take a look at this list. Um, The way I want to apply this today and we've done this before, but I think it's so good even to, to come back to this passage and to look at it repeatedly. I want you to take a look at this list and see of those, of those nine fruit of the Spirit that are listed, which, which one or two of them are you doing well at? And the reason I ask that question is because this would then be evidence of the Holy Spirit working in your life. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are there any of those that you have seen God producing in you? And if you say yes, Just praise the Lord for that and thank Him that He has been leading you by His Holy Spirit and and that you've had the humility to follow. But then the the flip side of that question is, are there any of these that you haven't been doing well at lately? And we can all probably look at this list and, and again find something that we haven't been doing real well in. And the point here isn't to beat ourselves up. The point is actually far better than that. The point is to say, God is very willing to produce these things in me. Every one of these things. You know, it's not like uh, you get seven and you get five and you're really good so you get eight of them. No, every one of us can have all of these. God wants to produce them in you. So if there's any one of them that you're looking at right now, or oftentimes what I've found is if one of them is lacking, it's like all nine of them are lacking. But even then there's good news because we can repent if there's anything that's wrong in our lives and we can ask God to strengthen us to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can live out our lives the way that he wants us to. And again, we can't produce these things on our own, but the Holy Spirit can produce these things in us as we walk with him and as we follow him. And that leads to my conclusion for today. To live the life you are called to live, you need to follow the Holy Spirit.
To live the life you were called to live, you need to follow the Holy Spirit. Because we will be tempted repeatedly, many, many, many times per day, to go the wrong way. Or to follow a path of sin. Or to live according to the pattern of this world. Our enemy, the devil, would love to deceive us into thinking that there is a better path than the one that God has for us. That's why it's so important that we would be filled with the Spirit, that we would keep in step with the Spirit, that we would walk with the Spirit, that we would live with the Spirit, that we would be strengthened by the Spirit. Now, I just listed a bunch of things. Those are all ways that the Bible talks about this. So I want to I go through this list again. That we would walk with the Spirit, live with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and be strengthened by the Spirit. I tend to think it's pretty important. If God keeps repeating himself like that throughout the Bible, it's pretty important that we would follow. You see, we're called to this new life in Christ, and we can't live it on our own. But we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can walk with Jesus, because that's what God wants us to do. Through faith, we have access to this power. That's what Ephesians 3 talked about, this prayer that God would give us power through his Spirit in our inner being, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. And as we walk with Christ like that, then we can live out the fruit of the Spirit that we saw in Galatians 5 because God wants to put that stuff in our lives. He wants to produce that in us. Kind of like the vine and the branches passage where we remain connected to Jesus and he produces fruit through us. So how are you doing at living this out? One of the ways that we can think about applying this as as we conclude here is that we would ask ourselves and we would ask God that we would pray and we would just say things like, God, how am I doing at walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? God, would you just help me with that? Or, or we can think, you know, even as something comes up in our day, God, would you please just strengthen me to respond the way that you want me to respond? I know how I would respond. I'd probably go off on this guy the next time he does that thing he always does. God, would you help me to respond in a better way? You see, I think as we do that, as we have those kinds of conversations with God, it's it's one of the ways that we keep in step with the Spirit. We don't always know how God is leading, so we keep asking, we keep talking to Him about it. And remember, we don't have the power to do this on our own. So to live the life you were called to live, you need to follow the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to close this in prayer here in in just a minute. Um, I'm going to pray a prayer of you know, like I said before, it's the God, whatever you want, sort of a prayer. And, and as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, there, there may, may be some theological convictions that we have held to, and, and maybe they're not exactly right. And, and here's where I just wanna, want us to go before God with an open hand. I'm not asking you to, this isn't me asking you to change your theology, this is me asking you to go before God with an open hand and just say, God, do whatever you want to do. Whatever, whatever you want to do through your Holy Spirit in my inner being, God, I want you to do it. And then at the end of our service, um, there's, a, a couple, there, there's going to be three of us up here at least, uh, and maybe some others from our leadership team if they want to. Um, but there's going to be people up here that can pray with you. If there's something that's been stirring on your heart and you, and you just want prayer for that, we're going to be up here to pray with you. Um, and then one other thing as well, and maybe I could have a couple of volunteers here, maybe one in each section. Uh, I've got something for each family here. So Steve, would you take that section? Jim, take this section here. And uh, Nathan, would you be my guy here for this section? Pass these out. Uh, what this is, is a, uh, 
it's a devotional. I'm calling it, it's entitled a devotional for families, although you can sure do it by yourself as well. But what it is, it's a list of the fruit of the Spirit in the first column. And then the second column is a list of how we see those things lived out in God. So I'll just flip back to this fruit of the Spirit passage. It's really great for me to think that love, it comes from God. God is love. Joy. God has joy. He rejoices over us. God is the God of peace. So that that middle column is the way that we see this fruit of the Spirit in God. And then the final column on on the right side is where we see how the fruit of the Spirit should be evident in us. So uh, again, one one per family here or a couple. If you've got a big family, go ahead and take a couple. Um, And this is just something that you can go through individually or you can go through as a family together. Um, Maybe some of you have already done this. I've passed these out before. But I think it's a, it's a good way for us to constantly think about um, who the Holy Spirit is and what he, wants us, what, what he wants to do in our lives. Would you join me in prayer now? Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we say we want what you want. And Lord, we've just seen a bunch of stuff that you want. You want to strengthen us with your power through your Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. We also have seen that you want to produce the fruit of the Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, we recognize that that we need your help for that. So Lord, we pray that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That we would be led by the Holy Spirit. That we would keep in step with the Holy Spirit. That we would live by the Spirit. That we would walk with the Spirit. Lord, have your way in us. Whatever you want to do in us, please do it. We're we're so grateful that you've rescued us from sin and death and brought us into a new life. And we're so grateful that you have not left us as orphans, but you have given the Holy Spirit to us. Lord, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.